Hi guys, this is Maria and Manos and you're watching On The Couch with Eminem. The show to help you build fun and profitable businesses. Welcome back. Today on the couch, we've got Jackie Mitchell. So we're very excited to have Jackie with us. Uh, Jackie is a, a brand expert and a media uh, personality. And we've met Jackie through the um, uh, community. That's the word I'm looking for. Radio station yeah. in Mornington. And we're actually sponsoring one of your shows, which yeah. is Taking Care of Business. Which is awesome. Yeah. Which has been a, bit, a few years now. Nearly now. five years. Five years yeah. we've been in partnership it's been together. A wonderful relationship. Oh, it's been, it's been awesome. Yeah, so I thank know, you for joining us. Thank you for asking. We're going to talk about to all things marketing, branding, and branding and media yeah. and all my favourite topics. Yes, I think we're going to do about two or three shows with Jackie. <laughs> oh, yes, yeah. exactly. I don't reckon we can fit it into one. Yeah, we'll do but, our best. Um, yeah. Yes. Thank you. Um, let us start with um, tell us a little bit about your journey because that mm. would give um, you know everyone a good idea of you know yeah, who, your background, your yeah. background, who is what you do. Yeah. yeah, like who's who in the zoo. Yeah, yes. yeah. <laughs> who is this person? Where did she come from? Yeah. Well, uh, from a professional perspective, yeah. I suppose you know I'm interested in my childhood, but oh, I won't go back that far. It's too far. <laughs> uh, but professionally, I've you. got a uh, social science degree. I studied yes. in social science, majoring in psychology, but never wanted to be a psychologist because I. Unlike Jared Carmen, who came from that, he was a bit big yes. cleverer. He's uh, he actually did become a psychologist. Uh, if, I realised it wasn't for me because I was gonna I'd get a bit too upset and I would take yeah. everyone's problems home, and I yeah. think that that wouldn't be too good for me. Mm. So I realised uh, that wasn't my thing, and then I kept falling into marketing roles. So I started working in tennis. Uh, and uh, I was working in tennis in marketing and media, and I worked at Australian Open and Tennis Australia. Fantastic career start. So really lucky. But tennis was my love. I played and I did a bit of coaching while I was at uni. So that was an obvious transition for me. And then I kept falling into marketing, and I got a really good job as marketing and media manager of Tennis West in WA. And I was also too I seen the media room at the Australian Open back when you know in the sort of mid nineties. It was pretty cool. So I was there the day they um, disqualified John McEnroe. I don't know oh, yeah. that was huge! <laughs> when that was he so threw exciting. his racket yeah, yeah, on there. Yeah, and yeah. they actually had changed. That. They changed the uh, the rules. So oh, that's gold. You had four strikes, you're out, and they'd recently changed it to three. Okay. So typical McEnroe, he kept pushing. Pushing the boundary, pushing the boundary, and he went the fourth. You know, okay. thinking I'll get a warning. And the guy and the umpire said disqualification, Mr. McEnroe. And he goes, what? What? He had no idea. <laughs> that was probably the high, one of the high, the buzz and stuff. You know, five hundred wow. international journalists, photographers, stuff. Great grant training ground. Mm. You know, I'm I'm 23, 22, 23. Yeah. Yeah. They sent me off to Wimbledon and. All, you know, a lot of the Grand Slams around the world. It was an amazing experience. So I look back and go, that was really where I started. If I had to say where I started professionally, that was it. And because they didn't have a lot of money in a way, you did everything. So you got to learn the ropes, you know, sponsorship and, uh, you know, yeah. all the promotional stuff as well and yeah. office and admin work mm. and all that. So that was great. And then from there, then when I was working in WA in tennis as marketing and media manager and with Hopman Cup as well, I went, I think marketing is my thing. And I kept doing a lot of work with major sponsors. So I'd work with Hyundai or McDonald's, um, Pepsi, and I'd work with their ad agencies. And I was then dealing with real professionals. And I went, oh, there's so much I don't know. And I remember really clearly working with this amazing ad agency uh, with McDonald's. And they were talking about PMS, like colour, right? 
And I didn't know what PMS was. And I thought it was premenstrual syndrome, right? <laughs> <laughs> and I went, and I was sitting there going, what are they, what are they doing talking about that? That's not making any sense, oh, right? They're embarrassing it. for that me. Yeah, yeah. They're really embarrassing. Yeah. So I said, what, do you, what does it mean? And they said, oh, it's Pantone, the system, right? The, the colour, yeah. And, I, and so that's when I went, I need to go back to uni. If I'm going and to grow marketing. and do a marketing degree, I need, some, I need my credentials need polishing. And I need to learn just a, a lot little, more. just a little, yeah, <laughs> just a little bit. But you know, I just thought I need, I need the credentials. And if I want a career, if I'm wanting big jobs, which I did, I was always ambitious. Then I need to have make sure I've got the, the qualification, yeah. I've got the yeah. degree. But isn't it great that you actually worked out before you went to school that that's what your passion was? Mm. Uh, I mean, you did something else, obviously. You did psychology, yeah, so but then you fell sure. into it, and then you actually worked it out, and then yeah. you went back and did that. A lot yeah. of people just stick to what they learned the first time because that's what they know and that's mm. what they did at uni and they don't actually follow their passion yeah, yeah. in in life which is yeah a shame because you can do so much better when you actually you love change. what you do yeah of course. And you can yeah. change and i was 27 when i went back and did mm. and i was working full time and doing it night school yeah it's tough but you just did it yeah that's, that's what you right. wanted to do yeah so that was really cool, and that bit made a huge success difference. Success leaves clues. Success leaves clues. Absolutely, yeah. you just did it. Yeah. Um, and you mentioned earlier, you you do everything. Um, when there's a small budget, you come you across do and it. do everything. Yeah. Up Always get your hands. And yeah, roll up your there. sleeves if you have to, and get up. And it's important the higher you get up the ladder, as I always say, be careful who you interact with on the way up because you might meet them, and most likely on the way down, which is true. Yeah. But also as a leader. I oh, know we're jumping a bit here, but as a leader, I think um, it's important to know every element of your business from oh, A to Z. 100%. So, I totally agree with so, you. So, you know, clean mm. the toilet. Mm. Know when you're engaging yeah, cleaners to clean the toilet, How do you want them? What that mm. what that entails. Mm. So I think that's important about putting it. Anyway, mm. so, uh, yeah, so from then I just went and did the corporate thing. And, you know, if you go onto my LinkedIn profile, I, I accept all requests. So go on uh, and have a look. <laughs> And uh, if you go, yeah, I, I, I jumped around and I had some really great mentors and I didn't realise at the time they were mentors. Yeah. They were just people that were really nice and really helpful and really friendly. And I think because I felt a bit vulnerable that I didn't know, I didn't have that marketing degree, I just hung off every word from every person I met. And I was hanging around a lot of celebrities as well and high-profile people like managers that were managing Stefan Edberg or, you know, players' agents and uh, working with Channel 7 senior executives there and, as I mentioned, McDonald's and Nabisco, you know, big Mm. brands, big multi-global brands dealing with them. And so I'd be hanging off every word yeah. and, uh, and learning and learning. Mm. And that was, that was really, that was really important. Mm. That's a really key tip is to listen so much yeah, and do. look, I used to look a lot, you know, so looking at behavior and I'd watch to see how they moved and what they said and when they said it and their body language. And I just observed a lot. Uh, and I didn't realize at the time I was doing it, but now I look back and go, oh, yeah, I did do that. That was good. I did a lot of stuff wrong, but that was one thing you did I right. did right, yeah. you know, but I think that's a really good tip moving forward now. And uh, But I think as a leader, you've got to understand the whole levels of everything that you're doing with that. Anyway, so I then went to all different, you know, I worked in, I thought, I've got to get out of tennis. It was very tempting. A lot of people that I work with are still there. It's one of those, not many people change lanes in business, mm, you know. No, they don't. Most people start 
you know, if they're insurance, they'll stay in insurance. Or if they're in automotive or fin services, I don't know if it's the same for real estate, I'm not sure, but they tend to stick in their lane. Mm. And a really, as I said, a clever person that I met said to me, Jackie, you need to zig while everyone else is zagging. Menos is that all the time. I love it. Yeah. And I went, okay, I didn't understand what it meant, but mm. I thought it sounds really cool. But then I realised, you know, and it was about yep. changing lanes. So I thought I've got to get out of tennis. So I went from tennis into tourism. I worked at the Royal Botanic Gardens. I then did that a short stint. That was a bit boring. And then I flipped over to the National Trust, which was which was tourism as well, sort of yep. a link. Then I went, I've had enough of that. And then I went, I need to go more corporate. So I went into utilities and I worked in water, gas, and electricity for five years through contestability in Victoria, which was a very exciting time when they were privatising. So from corporate background into public service to then take them on the journey to corporatisation mm-hmm. from a branding and marketing and communication perspective was the best experience I've had in my career without doubt. Okay. It taught me about processes and systems. Being, you know, corporatised and government-owned, you can imagine... Well, we're, oh, we were flying by the seat of our pants in tennis and all over, you know, and then working for government, they're very processed. And that bureaucracy was a wonderful lesson and how important it is not to get it bogged down in it, but, but to have just structure. to understand, understand some structure. structure. Yeah. And you look at every great business always has great processes and 100%. systems. Mm. You look at McDonald's. Mm. I mean, that's right. yeah. That's how you they know, can get the, a 14 year old to, yes. it doesn't matter whether they're in any of of the world and the burger tastes exactly the same. Yeah, exactly. Mm. Anyway, because so, they can't get it wrong. No, that's right. Because the system makes it. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. You know. So I find that when I'm dealing with small businesses, particularly, that's the bit they lack. They miss. It's mm. in their head. They go, oh, yeah, well, we are know what we're doing, but it's not written down. So it's that's not because good small to businesses are usually people that are, um, you know, they're, technicians. They're, they're the technicians. They're, they're always they're the doing technicians. The stuff. They're that's they're they. They love what they do, and then they think, "Well, you know, I'm going to go out there and do it for myself," yeah, yeah. which is very, it's very rife in real estate. On the business, mm. and, so and if, then they miss the other component, mm. which mm. is, you know, how do we set up the business to be what you know what it's supposed to be? Great yeah. book, obviously, E Myth, um, the E Myth by talking Martin about Gerber. the technician, yeah, and yeah, technician, yeah. Yeah. and yeah. the mechanic, and uh, the leader. But talking about from a brand perspective, is that working on the business or in the business? So looking at obviously real estate agents yeah. and talking about their brand and their uh, footprint in the marketplace. Is brand, what is brand? Yeah, great question. Mm. Well, brand to me is emotional. It's The whole brand is how you want to be perceived and how people perceive you. And it's very emotionally driven. A lot of people get focused on the rational side and things. If you look at values, you know, yeah. your personal values or company values, they're emotion, emotional. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to go back before, so after I finished utilities, I started Brandstorm, which is my brand business. I fell yes. in love with brand 17 years ago. And uh, I fell in love with brand and created a company and then became, thought, I'm, you know, I'm really loving this brand. Psychology meets marketing, psychology yes. meets business. Yeah. Uh, and so that's been really great. Now, 17 years ago, a lot of people didn't know what a brand was. That was just a logo and it's so much more. That's the mm. functional bit. They forget the emotional side of it. Now most businesses understand what brand is. Mm. So much so there's been a rise in the personal brand. And the personal brand is you. Mm. And it doesn't mean you have to sell yourself as a business. You have to sell yourself as you. As you. But yeah. why? You then go, why? Well, to persuade or influence. Now, who do you persuade and influence? You can persuade and influence people. You can persuade and influence decisions. 
So, you know, I've been doing a lot of personal branding training and workshops and they are employees. And then I say to them, you know, who are you trying to influence? Can you name? And they go, yeah, my CEO or my senior manager. Why? Because I've got these ideas to improve our business and they're not listening to me. So, I want to be heard. Wow. So that is a big shift. So yeah, brand, huge. Uh, you know, back as you said, you know, 10 years ago, everyone's thinking brand, colour, logo, corporation. The brand really is the individual now. It's 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 you, Inc., isn't it? That's right. And well, I think social yeah. media has got a huge. major, yeah. major role in that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know, people want to do pe- business with people. We all know mm-hmm. that. And that's what a brand does. So brand gives you a shortcut. It's a mental shortcut to describe very quickly what you're expecting to get from that product or service. That's a corporate brand, you know. Mm. So when we're dealing with McDonald's... We know. We know it's quick, Mm. right? So on the way here to see you, I think I've got a coffee. How much time? I've got 10 minutes. Oh, no-brainer. I can get it within 10 minutes, easy, a coffee at McDonald's. Anywhere else probably might be a bit longer. It's a bit too much of a risk. Because you've got to park, you've got to get out. Right, so the McDonald's brand is about speed. Mm. So then when you're dealing with people, so when you ask me here today... Did you have any doubt in your mind that I would be late? No. Exactly. So you trusted my brand Mm. that I would be on time. Yeah. You know, hopefully giving you some reasonable content and an interest, vaguely interesting conversation. Definitely. Definitely. You know what I mean? So there's those bits of brand. Yeah. The thing with personal branding, and this is particularly for the audience and for people watching this now to think about or consider, is that to, to choose which part of your brand. So be selective. And this is where people on social media get a bit mixed up with it, right? So they think, oh, okay, my personal brand is all of, is everything I do. You know, so it's my family, it's what I cook, it's what I'm eating, it's what movie I'm watching, it's my pets, it's my kids. It's, and, and you know what? If you're, you think about your customer, they might not be interested in that. <laughs> you know? So select. In fact, I don't think they are. Think right, they okay. Are. And this is where they get mixed up. Yeah. So if you're running, a lot of agents run their own business under their own name, and sometimes those lines can be a bit blurred. So I think it's important to think about, okay, I need to be authentic. I need to be me. Like I don't want to pretend to be someone else or to to make to make it up because it's it's not real and mm. it's false and we don't like that we like real you know that's why this works because yeah. it's like a chat and people yeah. are eavesdropping yeah uh, yes. like the radio show eavesdropping on this hopefully interesting conversation <laughs> but uh, but people need to think about what are their customers wanting from me so which parts of my personality am I going to let them see and they're the bits to promote but. Think about the person and let them see from the customer's perspective. Yeah. What do they want to what see? What do they want? What yeah. do they want to hear? Can, can you give some examples um, in real estate that you've seen? From individuals? From, a, from an individual. Individual as opposed to the brand. Some and, and good do you and think some bad Good, ones. bad, if you, yeah. if, you, if you can recall um, yeah. any. And is the individual brand bigger than the corporate brand? Well, they're different. They're different. Yeah, they're different. So I wouldn't say bigger. But, but when you're dealing with a human being and a human being is interpreting another human being and that's what a brand is, it's about interpretation and, uh, and, and it's, as I said, those mental shortcuts, but it's, it's emotional. So when you're dealing with a person, how much better is it than dealing with a faceless organisation? A lot and better. Yeah. Much better, right? Mm. Okay, so it's all about that and what the customer is feeling. Now, this is, this is, the, this is the kicker. This is the key. 
If you can think about, if you're about to meet a customer, so you're going out to a vendor or whatever, and you're, you as a real estate agent, and you think, okay, what are their pain points? And which, and how will they feel about this? Not what they think. So the thinking is the price, how would they feel? Mm. So they might be feeling a bit vulnerable. And there was that example that we, as just before we came on, on air here, that example of a little old lady said, oh, you know, it's, it's no obligation, is it? I don't have to. She, for she an was, appraisal. Right, okay. So, we won't mention the address, but no, there was that's an right, appraisal. No, that's right, for an appraisal, yeah. right? So her automatic, that's a clue that she's feeling a little bit uh, uncomfortable overwhelmed. Yeah. and overwhelmed and maybe a bit vulnerable because she's mm-hmm. not quite sure of the process of what to do. So the, that's how she'd feel. So the agent that goes out there would, needs to reassure her. Be sympathetic. Straight up, mm. straight up. First, the top and tail. Straight up. First thing you do and the last thing. So we, when he arrives, he says, it's okay, it's fine, there's no obligation, just yeah. give me a cup of tea and then yeah. that, that's it, that's your currency. Yeah. And then as she finish, as they leave, that he tails it with the same things. No obligations, no being great. Thank you for the cup of tea. I hope I've been helpful. It's all about it's all about listening, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. yeah. And that's the thing that we sometimes miss, you know, because it's those little clues, um, like you said before. Yeah. Yeah. And, and really digging deep and listening to. Yeah. yeah. There's been some research with you know, and I don't need to be telling you guys about body language and things, but you know, they they was talking. I was listening to a podcast the other day. The first ten minutes of any meeting or any interaction, particularly with someone you've never met. Yeah. Ten minutes of, they call it, small talk. But it's an interaction, but looking for clues. So say, for instance, Manos, I just met you, and I noticed that you had some aeroplane cufflinks on. So I'd say, oh, are you a pilot? And you'd go, oh, no, but I want to be one, or yes, I am. Or And then straight away, they're relaxing. Yeah. And people's, uh, the most popular word in the English language, can you guess what that would be? Your name. Their name. Their name. Oh. You know that. So mentioning their name, you know, all constantly. the time. Constantly. Mm. And talking about them, again, that's the like, the topic that everyone knows best yeah. is themselves. Asking them questions about themselves, asking them questions. So it's really about relationships mm. and brands about that. So brand is, it can be used as a hook. So, for instance, we talked about Jared Carmen. I mean, he's, you know, on the Mornington Peninsula, on, on every bus that goes by, so there's Jared. But it's Jared. Then people feel like they know Jared and feel like they've got a relationship or getting to know him. So they will feel more comfortable. They've already got, you know, they think, well, I know a bit about him. He doesn't know anything about me. So they feel, the the customer feels like they've got a little bit of advantage there. Mm. So they'll contact Jared and that's the power of the brand. It's, It's very powerful, very powerful indeed. 